Well, good evening, hey everyone, and welcome to episode day number nine. You have made it to number nine of our devotional series on the book of Acts and the Bible's New Testament. We will be continuing this right up until May the 31st, which is Pentecost Sunday. And on that day, we are going to be giving away an iPad to the winner of a quiz that we will do on this content. So if you keep on watching, you will have a shot to uh, to win that iPad. It's going to be a hard quiz, and a lot of people don't know a lot about the book of Acts. And this is a great book to read when you are facing whatever kind of moment of trial, stress, crisis, uh, persecution. There's just so much in this book, and we get to observe the church in her infancy and how the people persevered and had hope even in difficult circumstances. My volumes look good, so share this post. Maybe some of you are afraid to share it because if people people start learning, maybe they'll win that iPad. <laughs> but share this post. I can see there's people online here, about three people. Uh, but usually we're in the 20s. Anywhere from 20 to 80 people are watching this thing. So I'd love to know who you are. Uh, Facebook me or text me. My cell phone number is on our Facebook page. Reach out to us. Uh, you can check us out online as well at citypointchurch.ca. And uh, I will put that announcement on the screen there that you will win the iPad. Yeah, there it is right there on the screen. Okay, good. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're in the series on the book of Acts. And we have been looking at the first miracle performed by the disciples without Jesus present. Whoa, big, big stuff here. And we're in the middle of it. Uh, we're going to, on Sunday morning, talk about the crisis of miracles. Yes, a crisis of miracles. And you may be wondering what that means. Well, in the Bible, when miracles are done, the they're done for a reason. And there is a reaction and there is a purpose that God has in people's lives when he uh, releases his power and does something miraculous, something that overrides the laws of nature, something that should not happen by the established laws of nature, which God made. Well, he has the right to overrule those and rise above those and operate above those. And when he does that, it is for a reason. It's not just to help the individual who is in need of healing or whatever miracle, but also the people who observe it. And here we see a classic example of that as Peter and John perform this healing of a man who has been disabled from birth, who was placed outside of the temple courts to beg for money. And he is dramatically healed in public in front of people. And it causes quite a commotion. And uh, Peter, seizing the moment, preaches a sermon. And it is highly confrontational. Um, I'll pick it up in verse 17. We did a bit of this yesterday. Now, fellow Israelites, I know you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders. That is some harsh language. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. In other words, you acted foolishly, but God was using you all along. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. 
that times of refreshing may come from the Lord and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed to you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. I'll stop there for a moment. He's alluding to the second coming. And he's saying that Jesus has ascended, which he did in Acts chapter 1, and he is there in the presence of the Father in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised. The implication is that Jesus is coming back, and you see this in the early preaching of the apostles right away in the book of Acts. For Moses said from Deuteronomy chapter 18, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me uh, from among your own people and you must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen to him must be completely cut off from their people. I'll stop there. Uh, For Muslims, they think that this is the prophet Muhammad being talked about here. Interesting that we read this during their uh, celebration of Ramadan. It is not referring to the prophet Muhammad. It is referring to Jesus. Jesus as the anointed one that the Jewish people were expecting. A prophet like me. The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me. And this does not deny the deity of Jesus. It's merely stating his his, prophecy. his messiahship and how he has been anointed by God. And uh, John or Peter will continue, indeed, beginning with Samuel, all the prophets who have spoken have foretold these days. And you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, Genesis chapter 12, through your offspring, all peoples, on earth will be blessed. How will they be blessed? When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you. How? By turning each of you from your wicked ways. Now, it's a really important passage because some people, especially some Jewish people, interpret this as being an anti-Semitic passage and meaning that, uh, okay, the Jewish people uh, killed Jesus and they're supposed to repent of their killing of Jesus. And that's what this is talking about. This is an anti-Semitic message. No, that is incorrect. This is a Jew preaching to Jews. It is not an anti-Semitic message. It is an anti-sin message. And he's telling them first, because they are Jewish, he's telling them, God wants you to repent from your sin, not the sin of killing Jesus. He's not referring to that even as sin, perhaps. He's saying that that was all God's doing, and God used their ignorance and even their leader's ignorance, referring to Caiaphas and company and the Sanhedrin and so on. And what he's saying is your individual sin, you are blocked from a relationship, a right relationship with God because of your individual sin. And God wants to bless you as per the promise to Abraham, you first because you are his people. You are Hebrew, you are Jewish, and he wants you to repent from your individual sin. This is the one who you were expecting. This is the prophet, quote unquote. This is the anointed one. This is Messiah. This is the Christ. This is God in the flesh. And this miracle is God exalting Jesus and showing who Jesus is 
through our hands. He lives through us and in us. His power has been released, and he is trying to get your attention to call you first to repentance because you are cut off from God, as is every human being on the face of this earth without Jesus. And so this is a, the priority is for these people, uh, but the message is a message of repentance, and that is not a comfortable message. And you will see that in uh, what happens in Acts chapter 4. This miracle is going to get Peter and John persecuted and uh, thrown into prison. Imagine that's what a real miracle does. It ruffles the feathers. And that's why people, we, we talk about, well, we want to see more miracles and all that, especially people in, in church settings and, and evangelical church settings. And, uh, and if we believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and that healing happens today, and we say we want to see more, do we really want to see more? Because when God does more, he's calling people to himself and he's calling people to repentance. And that is the heavy, heavy message that we see in this preaching from Peter as a result of this miracle. So we will pick it up again uh, tomorrow night for day number 10. Keep tracking with us. Again, share this post. Let me know who you are. And uh, God bless you. Stay safe. And I look forward to being with you again tomorrow night.